Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. shut down. I've been there. I've, I was raised Pentecostal. I was embarrassed of it for a long time. I, I, I was raised this way, but I didn't want any part of it. And the Lord showed me, what's wrong with you? I'm giving you my spirit. You need to express yourself. And people say, oh, you're just doing that on your own. I'd be careful when you say that because you're attributing the flesh to the works of God. Amen? You've got to be careful. We don't... The last thing we need to do is judge. Amen? Well, pastor, it's okay if we judge. No, the Bible doesn't say that. We can tell people by their fruits. But he wants us to love one another. And when someone's getting blessed, we love them. And we want to get blessed too. Amen? Maybe, oh, okay. All right, here we go. I hope you got your shoes on because here it comes. The Bible says we're supposed to, whatever we bind in heaven is bound on earth, but it seems to me the thing that we bind is faith. Seems to me the thing that we bind is the move of God. Come on. You know what bind means? Bind means restrict. We restrict the move of God. When God's trying to move, we say, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't remember God asking me if I was uncomfortable with something, okay? If you want the God to move in your life, then you need to let him move, okay? And that means you're going to do some crazy stuff, okay? I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. You should walk out of here in a sweat. You should lose weight in a Pentecostal church, okay? All right. People are going to say, did you go to Jazzercise? Some of you don't even know what Jazzercise is. How many of you, how many know when I say Jazzercise, you know what I'm talking about? Look at all you old people out here. Amen? You need to get your back checked. If you know what jazzercise is, that means you need to go to the doctor. You know what jazzercise is? Okay, he's raising his hand. All right. Amen. Praise God. Kids, you're up here with me today, so I'm going to preach for two hours. <laughs> Man, I, I love kids. Uh, no, I'm not going to preach long, but we're here to, to speak the Word of God today. Amen? I'm here to speak the Word of God in you. Praise God. God's already moved, and uh, we're going we're gonna to trust that, okay? We're going to trust that God's going to move today. I do want to make a quick announcement. We are not having church here Wednesday night, okay? We are not having church here Wednesday night. Instead, we're going to be at the Ock Bay Bible Church. Does anybody know where the Ock Bay Bible Church is? Ock Bay, okay, good. If you don't know, come see me afterwards, and I'll give you directions. We're going to go to the Ock Bay Bible Church at 6.30, not 7, 6.30. And we're going to have an inter-church worship service. There's about seven, eight churches. Now, this is not a music-only thing, and I'm not going to say anything more about that. This is a word. A word is going to be given to the churches of Juno. God has given, I'm going to be the speaker and God has given me a word for the churches of Juno. That's not about me, but a word needs to be spoken to the churches. Amen? 
And you'll understand what I mean by that when you come. So I want you to come and support that. I want you there. I need your support. I need your amens because not everybody there is Pentecostal and we need to help them out. Amen. Wouldn't it be funny if the Holy Ghost came down and baptized all of them in the Holy Ghost? Wouldn't that, man, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Praise God. Because, see, the churches, the churches need to work together. Amen? Amen? We, we, we've got this division in Juno. All right, you, know, you guys know me. I'm a little blunt, right? And, and they may kick me out after Wednesday night, but I don't care. I'm going to speak what God tells me to speak and not apologize for it, okay? You guys know me well enough that I do that. But the churches are divided. And guess whose fault that is? The pastors. We are divided. And until the pastors are willing to come together and work together and act like grown men in the Word, then this city will not receive the revival that it needs. Amen? We need revival in this town. Amen? And as pastors, we got to quit worrying about who comes to our church and instead worry about the furtherance of the gospel. Amen? Look, I, I told you, I don't know if I'm mad or anointed, okay? But I'm, I'm, I'm sick of the devil. Okay, I'm probably a little mad this morning. I'm sick of the devil winning the victory. I'm sick of the devil gloating and saying, that church thought that they were going to do something, but I stopped it. I'm going to tell you right now, the devil is not going to stop this church, amen? He's not going to stop it, okay? Now... Whether the other churches want to be involved in that, that's up to them. I'm inviting them to be a part of it. God is inviting them to be a part of it. But we're going to do something for the Lord. But wouldn't it be great if all of us were doing something for the Lord? Wouldn't it be great if we all came together and said, listen, I don't care if they go to my church or your church. That doesn't matter to me. What matters is they're serving God and they're winning their neighbor. Isn't that what matters? Amen. Isn't that what matters? Isn't that what matters? Because guess what? This building is just a building. You know that? This building is just a building. I don't, it's not that I don't care about this church as far as the building. I care about you. I care, that's what I care about. And I want to see you succeed. I want to see you bring sheep to the gospel. Amen. I want to see you witnessing and full of power and walking out of here with your head held high, knowing that when the enemy comes against you, you're going to be good. Get out of here with your stuff. Get, get out of here. You call that an attack? You call, I got the Holy Ghost in front of me, behind me, on top of me, beside me. You got nothing on me, okay? You got nothing on me. Because see, sometimes, sometimes, amen, champ, you tell him. Amen. Champ's like, I feel you, pastor. And he's okay. Don't worry about that. He's good. I wish everybody shouted like that sometimes. That was, hey, that was a war cry if I've ever heard one, okay? You go, champ. But what if all of us had this desire and passion? You know what I mean by passion? You know what I mean by passion? Oh, Pastor, Pastor we're, we're not passionate people. That's not true. I've seen you. But what if we had this passion to see Juno change instead of just complain about it? You guys, we know that God can do that, right? Remember that song we used to sing, My God Can Do Anything? My God Can Do Anything. Remember that song? You think we just sing that because it sounded good? No. Half of us can't sing right anyway, okay? All right, I can't even find the words to the song sometimes. I'm singing in the wrong key. I know that. But you know what? To God, it is a pleasant sound, okay? It, it is a pleasant sound. 
And when I say the words, my God can do anything, God goes, yes, I can. Anything, anything. You guys remember that song? My God can do anything. You guys remember that? Can he do anything this morning? Can he do anything this morning? Come on now. Come on. Can he do anything? Can he do anything? Can he save your family? Can he restore your finances? Can he bring back someone from the dead? Can he bring back your heart that's been hurt? Can he restore you this morning? My God! My God! My God! My God! My God! Mm. Oh, praise God. I hadn't even got to my sermon yet. The Holy Ghost is all over me and I am struggling to contain it right now. I'm struggling to contain it, but I need somebody to help me, okay? Somebody needs to feel what I'm feeling this morning, okay? Oh, God. I am trying not to quench the spirit, but I'm telling you, and I know there's food downstairs. I know there's food downstairs, and it's okay. It's not going to spoil because the Holy Ghost has already sealed it, okay? Does somebody make fry bread today? <laughs> That's okay. God still loves you. Me, not so much right now, but God still. <laughs> God can do anything, right? Listen, stop coming to church with your head stuck between your legs, defeated. I know, listen, I realize that it feels that way your whole life, right? Well, Pastor, what do I have to be joyful for? What do you have not to be joyful for? Amen? Do you have, everybody take your hand and put it in front of your face. Breathe into it, breathe out. Where the air hits your hand. What is that? Some of you realize maybe I should have brushed my teeth a little harder this morning. Right? <laughs> well, you feel that breath on your hand? You know what that means? That means you still have purpose. You've been told your whole life that you're nothing. You have no purpose. That's the devil because the devil doesn't want you to fulfill what God has called you to do. So who are you going to listen to? The devil who is a liar? The devil who is a liar, or are you going to listen to God saying, you have promise? Yeah. Oh, pastor, I've, I've messed up. Listen, you show me in scripture where God rejected someone for messing up too much. Guess what? You can't. What I see over and over and over and over again is God saying, I got you. The enemy thought he had me. The enemy. Lord, I got to get to my message. You need to quit. Imagine me telling God that, right? The enemy thought he had me. He thought he had me, Jamie. He thought he had me. But Jesus said, but Jesus said, Amen. Jesus said, he's mine. He's mine. So when we sing that song, see, some of you young people don't understand what a main line is. You guys know what a main line is? See, back in the day when you got on the phone, you, back in the day you had a party line. That means that every, you know what I'm talking about, Mary. You had a party line, and it wasn't a party. Because you get on the phone, and somebody's talking on the phone, and they're like, they're like telling you their personal business, and you're trying not to listen to it, because everybody shared a line, right? Everybody shared a line. And you, could, you had to wait for them to get off the phone to use the phone. That's back when 
the phone wasn't in your pocket, it was on the wall. Okay? And it had that big 50-foot extension cord that you would get wrapped around and almost kill yourself. Come on, some of you older people, you know what I'm talking about, amen? Some of you young people, you're like, I don't get it. I love that video when they, when they have the young people in the phone with a rotary phone, they tell them to call out for pizza and they can't do it. It's awesome. I love it. But a main line was a direct line to where you picked it up and somebody answered. Oh, man. Oh, some of you need to hear. Some, this, is, this is coming from the Lord right now. There was a main line and all you had to do is pick it up. And someone on the other line would instantly say, this is so-and-so, can I help you? I'm here. I've already answered the phone. I was already on the line before you picked it up. I was waiting on your call. I picked up the call and I was there. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you this morning, my brothers and my sisters, and we are brothers and sisters, okay? Can I clarify that? I don't care who you are or what you look like, even if you're ugly. Amen? Even if you're handsome. You are my brother and my sister, amen? And I want to tell you today that Jesus right now is on the main line, and he says, tell him what you need, amen? Talk to him. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you need, amen? How many have a need this morning? They need something from God. Then I'm telling you, God's going to deliver that, okay? But you got to believe, amen? you got to believe, amen? you got to believe. And I want to welcome Carlene's family. Look at this, an entire row of Carlene's family. Isn't that great? Praise God. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful family. I know Grandma and Grandpa are happy. You're happy, aren't you? Praise God. Can we love and support this family? If they need something, we're going to help them out. Amen? Praise God. All right. It's already 10 till and I haven't even started yet. Praise God. That's okay. We're going to get through this. I was thinking about what to talk about today. And I know that Thanksgiving is coming up. And what I love about our church is our church is really becoming an international church. We have people here from Ukraine and from Haiti. We have people here from North Carolina. So it's truly international. Some of you got that joke. <laughs> but when I thought about everything that God has done for our church, because it's, you know, coming out of COVID, the transition, it's been a tough few years. Some of you have gone through some tough times. Some of you are going through some tough times. You will promise. And we forget that God has made you a promise. You know the hardest thing to remember when you're going through a tough time? Is a promise. Because if it doesn't happen on your timetable, it feels like maybe God has forgotten you. But don't raise your hand when I say this, but maybe, do you guys feel like maybe God has forgotten you? Now, I want you to understand that that's the devil lying to you. Okay? Because God can never forget you. You know how I know that? Because God himself formed you in the womb, according to Jeremiah. He formed you. You know what form means? He means he created you. Every feature that you have, God created. He specifically designed your nose. He specifically designed your hair. 
He specifically designed all those things about you. He made you who you are. Amen? Amen? I want you to understand that. You are beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made, every one of you. I want you to know that. God designed you. But it's hard for us to believe those promises sometimes. But I, get, I began to think about when I first started and promises that God made me. And I'm, I'm starting to see some of those come to fruition. And the Lord spoke to me. He goes, what you're seeing right now in your life and in the life of the church and in the life of your people is nothing compared to what I'm about to do. I'm going to say that again because I don't think that really registered with you. Can I, can I say it again? Can it, is anybody here like pumpkin pie? Pumpkin pie, you know what I'm talking about? Jesse, you know what I'm talking about, right, buddy? You're, do you like food in general? <laughs> it's okay, buddy. I love that. That's awesome. You're awesome. I love that you said that. You're my buddy. Listen, I asked him that because I knew he'd answer. He likes food. Like me, I like food. You ever taken a bite of something that was really, really good? And what's your first thought when it's really good? You know what? I don't need any more. I'm just going to leave that there. Right? Isn't that the way we act? You know, that was really good, and it kind of melted in my mouth, and I really enjoyed it, and I appreciate it, and it was the most wonderful thing in the world. But that's it. I'm going to stop right there, that one bite. I'm just, that's it. I'm done. As a matter of fact, when we go downstairs today, I'm going to challenge all of you to just take one bite of your food and put the rest of it away. Okay? Is that, is that what you're going to do? I've seen some of you. You get one bite, and some of you do a little dance. You're like. <laughs> I know you're looking at me and say, Pastor, you can't dance. You're right. I'm white. I can't dance, okay? It's part of our genes. We can't do it. So I'll let you take a bite of your food, and you, I watch you. You're like. Mm, mm. And then you, some of you have small kids, and you try to play it off like you're feeding your kid. Like, oh. But when. The first thing you do after eating that food and you enjoy it, what do you do? You put another one in your mouth, right? And so the Lord, listen to me here, okay? I know I'm being a little silly this morning, but it's okay. God's silly too sometimes. He made us. That's how I know that. Amen? So God gives us a taste of what he's about to do. You with me? Just like that pumpkin pie or that turkey or whatever it is that you eat. Herring egg salad. Who likes herring? Am I saying it right? Herring egg? Who likes that? All right? Fry bread. Right? That first bite, you want more. How many, now maybe I'm the only one, but how many get to their limit of eating food and you realize that you need to stop? Yeah, me either. I get to that limit where I'm stuffed and my clothes are literally tearing and I go, I can just eat one more bite. Amen? Do you guys understand that's what living for the Lord is about? He gives you and He gives and He gives so that we can give to other people. We talked about that last week, right? So I want you to understand that what God is about to do in this body, what God is about to do in this church is going to blow your mind, but only if you're willing to receive and accept it. I want to share this verse with you. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18. He says, look up at the screen if you can. He says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. 
And he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? You know what I love about David? Of all the people in the Bible that I can identify with the most, it's David. You know why? And I think some of us can identify with him too. Because David was either up here on the mountaintop, victory, 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 or he was down here questioning his existence. Right? Either he was like super, guys, you're going to give me the victory. I could run over a troop. I could bust through a wall. Or, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? Does everybody feel that way sometimes? David was real. David wasn't perfect, right? David messed up sometimes, didn't he? David fell sometimes, didn't he? Anybody in here not committed sin this week? Good. Amen. Everybody, right? Because when we commit sin, we feel distant from God, don't we? But David still continued to be faithful. He continued to serve God. I can identify with him. I maybe haven't committed some of the sins that he made, but there is one sin that I've committed that he did, and it was probably his worst sin, the sin of pride. He had the sin of pride, and, and people died because of what he did, and I can identify with it. I deal with pride sometimes. Anybody else in here deal with pride besides me? Yeah, I deal with it, man. I deal with it. And the Lord has to humble me continually. I always tell people, don't worry about humbling me. God will take care of that, I promise you. He does a really good job about it. And so I can identify with David because he was up and down, up and down. But yet, God said this about David. He said, he said this is a man who is after my heart. And that's what I want to try to tell you this morning. Some of you are living under this delusion that the only way God's going to use you is if you're perfect. That is not the case at all. We cannot be perfect. He wants us to try, amen? He wants us to live for Him, but what He cares more about is that we have a passion for Him, that we love Him, and that we want to serve Him, amen? That's what He cares about. So he looked at David and he made him a promise in the previous few verses, and I'm not going to go into that. The previous few verses, he promised, he says, you will have descendants upon, a descendant upon the throne of David forever. He made a promise to him. Now that's, that's a pretty big deal. Because he said, your kingdom will last forever. Most kings only lasted maybe two or three generations because that's just the way it worked. But he said, your kingdom is going to last forever. Now, immediately you're thinking, well, no, that couldn't have happened because after, after uh, a while, his kingdom died out. But what we forget is that God wasn't talking about a physical kingdom here. He was talking about a spiritual kingdom kingdom. Amen? Jesus came from David, and Jesus will sit upon the throne forever. He will sit upon the throne forever. God made David a promise, but he fulfilled it in a way that nobody expected. And see, that's where we get wrapped around a little bit is because we're not very spiritual. We're earthly minded, aren't we? God, you made me a promise that you were going to save my family, and my family's not saved yet. God's not done yet. And guess what? Sometimes we get in the way, don't we? 
We get in the way, don't we? We, we try to force ourselves on them. We try to tell them, you're going to go to hell, which that doesn't help anybody. Amen? We, we get in the way and we do things and we hinder the work of God. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But what I want you to understand right now is that David recognized the promise. And you know what the first thing he did when God gave him that tremendous promise? You know what he did? He literally sat down. You know why? Because he was overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed what God was doing. He just, he just literally, the only way I could explain it is he saw what God was about to do. Now whether he saw the spiritual or physical, I don't know, but let's just say he saw the spiritual and he just sat down and he was like, wow. You ever had a moment just hit you and you're like, wow? You ever had that moment when it was so surreal and it was just, this is a lot, God. This is amazing. Can I tell you today, is that God has that same promise in store for you. He's got that same promise in store for your family. It's amazing how the church goes quiet when I say certain things. Because we don't believe it anymore, do we? Can I say if we don't believe it, shame on us? Because God's still God. God is still God. God has something for your family. God has something for your church. God has something for this city. But what happens is, we've lived this way our whole life, and it's what we've become accustomed to. The church has become accustomed to being defeated. Hmm. The church has become accustomed to being defeated. We're in a time of famine, and I'm going to explain more of this on Wednesday night at the other church. We are in a time of famine within the church, and we're looking at each other, each other and we're going, well, that's just how it is. Tell me in Scripture where God said it was okay to have famine. Tell me in Scripture where famine represented the blessings of God. It doesn't, does it? It actually represents the opposite of the blessings of God. Amen? Do we realize that God wants to bring blessing in our life? He's promised you something eternal. He's promised you something blessing. And God wants to fulfill that. He wants to do that. Well, pastor, you don't understand what I've been through. I don't have to understand what you've been through. But we ourselves stand in the way. Can I, can I tell you, let's get a little, let's get a little, uh, Let's talk about the world for a second. I'm just, I was trying to phrase it the right way. Where Israel is at right now, the, Israel, is only a small portion of what God promised them. But because of their disobedience, they are fighting for their lives. Because they don't serve God like they should. I'm not saying that they deserve what they got. That is not what I'm saying. But the Bible talks about because of their disobedience and judges that God would not remove those people that, that are troubling them. 
And the same thing happens in our lives, amen? Because we're unwilling to change. We're unwilling to change our personality. We're unwilling to change our belief system. We're unwilling to have faith. God does not move the way that He wants to move. Do you realize that God wants to answer those prayer requests in your life? Do you realize that God wants to do that, amen? That it's time the church rises up and say, yes, I believe, amen? Yes, I believe. Around some of us now, there's a little stone wall around our heart because we don't believe. We've got to break that stone wall down. There's things that I'm calling out to God right now in, in the past few days, and guess what? God has heard my prayer. Amen? Well, let me get back to my sermon. David received this from, the God, and he, from God, and he just sat down. And he begins to reflect on his goodness. He begins to reflect on what God has done for him. He begins to think about how he doesn't deserve this. He asks his questions. He says, who am I? In verse 10, or excuse me, verse 19, he says this. See, some of you think what God needs to do in your life is a big thing, but... David saw this. He goes, yet this was a small thing in your sight, O Lord God, as you also have spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. Is this the manner of man, O Lord God? In other words, you're doing something that's unnatural. In other words, you're doing something that normally you don't do. By the way, for those of you who don't understand, in the church we call that a miracle. You guys understand that? We call that a miracle. He says, you're doing something I'm not used to. He says, now what more can David say to you? For you, Lord God, know your servant. For your word's sake and according to your own heart, you have done all these great things to make your servant know them. See, here's something that I want you to understand. Spiritually, some of us are so focused on our problems that we lost sight of who God is. Can I say that again? We're so focused on our problems that we've lost sight who God is. Okay, I've got to do an example because I'm a visual person, okay? Dave, can you come up here for a second, please? Dave's a short fellow. All right? Okay, come right here. You're fine. I'm not going to hit you. Okay, stand right there. Okay, now I need, need a, a Jesse, come here. Come here. I love this boy. Come here. Give me a hug. I love him. Okay, come here. I want you to go stand behind, go stand behind him. Right there. Go stand behind him, okay? All right, you kind of come up to right there, don't you? Okay, good. This is how we see God. We're so focused, we've made our problem bigger than what it actually is that we can't see God. Come on. I'm going to make it real for you. Turn around, David. Come here, Jesse. 
All right, one of these days I'm going to sing a song to you called Jesse's Girl, but not today. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Don't, don't peek around, okay? Just stand right there. We're so focused on our problem that we think is huge is that we can't see God. Come on. Come on. That's what it is for us. What you need to do in your life is you need, I'm going to use a term here we all recognize, we need to flip the script. Because really, our problem is this. That's, I'm not saying God is our problem, okay? I'm saying really our problem is this size, okay? And I'm telling you, if you just give the problem a little food, it'll go away, okay? <laughs> right? <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. We see this as, and you're not a problem, right? But we see this, this is really the size, and really it's not even this size. It's really much, much smaller, and God's behind him saying, you know, I can take care of that for you. No, God, our problem looks like this. You guys with me now? You guys, I know that's a visual, right? And teenagers love visuals. Young people love visuals, but us older people like that too. This is not our problem. Okay? Quit making it out to be more than one. And Pastor, you don't know what I'm going I don't have to know what you're going through. God raised somebody from the dead. Your problem is not too big for him. Well, he hasn't done that lately. You haven't asked him. Like I said, we're binding faith rather than releasing faith. Amen? Too many people in church, Pastor, you can't do that. Why not? We're showing me the Bible where I can't do that. Well, I just don't feel comfortable with it. Don't have to. Amen? Amen? You don't have to feel comfortable with it. I'm not, I'm not, other than the chairs you got, I'm not here to make you comfortable. I'm here to preach the word to you. But our problem really, come here, buddy. Thank you so much. You're doing such a good job. You, I, want you, I want you to make your auntie buy you something special today, okay? All right. <laughs> You're welcome, okay? You're welcome. All right, make her give you 50 bucks. All right, anyway. Is that okay? All right. <laughs> and you have to share it with me. Okay. But our, really our problems are like this, aren't they? God is bigger than our problems. And David recognized that because even though, even though his life at that moment, his life at that moment was not perfect. He was going through a lot of things, but he saw what God is going to do. Amen? And I'm telling you right now, some of you, I don't mean to keep hitting your head, buddy. Some of you need to see what God is about to do. Amen? You need to see what God is about to do. Amen? I know. I know it can be discouraging. I know it can be tough, but a God has never lost a battle. God has never lost a battle. Thank you, David. Thank you, Jesse. Go sit down, okay? Praise God. For a moment, David stopped looking down, and he looked up. Oh, that the church of God would look up. 
Oh, that the church, and I'm not talking about this church of God, although that would be great. Oh, that the church of God would look up. You know what the Bible says? Look up, for your redemption draws nigh. The Bible says, look up. The Bible says, look up. No, pastor, I want to be depressed and discouraged because that's all I've ever known. How's that going for you? Good? I tell you what, here's an idea. And I'm not trying to be a smart aleck when I say this. So forgive me if you think I am. I'm not. I'm just I'm trying to make a point. Why don't we try it God's way? Why don't we try it God's way? Because is God a man that he should lie? Is God a man that he should lie? Is God a man that he should lie? What has God promised you? He's promised you life. He's promised you blessing. That doesn't mean that you're not going to go through trouble sometime, but he's promised you your family, right? How many of you here have family that are not saved? Okay, I'm going to, listen, I am so far off my sermon, it's not even funny. God made a promise to Carlene, I think she's downstairs, about her family coming from Haiti. Last time I checked, that's happened. Amen? Amen? So, God has brought Carlene's family out of a tough situation. We rejoice with you. We have prayed for this day. God has done a miracle. Amen? God has done a miracle with this family. And if God can reach down and touch this family, what more can He do in your life? Amen? God is not racist and he only picks certain people no god loves everybody but every now and then brothers and sisters we just need to sit down and look up and think wow see david's throne wasn't eternal yet you know what sitting down means when you come into a position of authority or someone who has authority you sit down out of respect Amen? You sit down to learn from them. David was overwhelmed. Can I tell you, we're not overwhelmed with God anymore. We've lost that, haven't we? We've lost that. We've lost feeling overwhelmed with God, but I'm telling you, God is overwhelming. We've kind of shut ourselves off from Him, but David just sat down and said, wow, who am I that you would even come into my life. And that's not a pride thing. David's like, God, I had, I had an affair with a woman and I killed her husband. That's what he was saying. Lord, I, I've done some horrible things on the battlefield. God, I've lied, I've cheated, I, 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 I broke your commandments. Who am I? Indeed, we can all say that. Who am I? But you know what about God? Can I, can I tell you this? God doesn't see you for who you are right now. He sees you for what you're going to be. That's what he sees. I thank God for that. I thank God for that. David stopped and he looked down. He stopped looking down and he looked up is what I meant to say. What if we did that?
What if we looked up to God? Once more, God showed David what he was going to do. See, we know what's coming. And some of us, that scares us because we watch too much Fox News. We watch too much NBC. We listen to too many depressimonies. Can I tell you? Can, can, I, can I tell you that if China took over Alaska today, that that does not remove God from the throne? It'd be harder to meet as a church, but we'd still do it. Can I tell you if the economy collapsed tomorrow morning that God's still on the throne? Can I tell you that if I lose my life tonight on the road that God is still on the throne? Can I tell you that if my son passes away tonight that God is still on the throne? Amen? Can I tell you? Can I tell you? That if something happens in my life, in your life, that's going to rock you to the core, God is still on the throne. And His promises are true. Amen? His promises are true. You see, God doesn't fulfill the promises the way that we like Him to do that, does He? You know, if I had my way, God would do things the way that I like it. But what I found out, the way that I like it is not always the right way. Sometimes... This is hard for me to admit. Are you ready? I'm going to announce it. It's hard for me to say, actually. Sometimes I'm wrong. That was hard. Anybody else feel that way? Anybody else have a hard time admitting they're wrong? All the men, all the husbands should be raising your hands right now. All right? Wives, don't raise your hands because you know that you're never wrong. Okay, praise God. Mm. There's two ones, there's two people that are never wrong, wives and grandmas. Never wrong. Great grandmas, you're included in that. Amen. Young ladies, you have not quite achieved that status, but you will one day. Praise God. It's hard being wrong, right? But I'm thankful God hasn't done things the way that I want Him to. We need to recognize the greatness of God. Verse 22 through 24, let me read this to you, okay? I know I'm going to be reading a lot of Scripture. I've got about 10 minutes left. Therefore, you are great, O Lord God. There is none like you, nor is there any God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And who is like your people, like Israel, the only nation on the earth, when God went to redeem for Himself as a people to make for himself a name and do for yourself great and awesome deeds for your land. Can I tell you this is God's land? This is God's land. And I believe there's going to be restoration coming to those who know that. That's all I'm going to say about that right now. He's given me a vision. That's all I'm going to say. And to do for yourself great and awesome deeds for your land before your people whom you redeem for yourself from Egypt, the nation, and their gods. For you have made your people Israel your very own people forever. And you, O Lord, have become their God. 
I believe the greatest lie the devil has convinced us it is either God can't or God won't. I'm going to say that again. The biggest lie the devil has convinced the church is either God can't or God won't. I kind of referenced this earlier. I want you to pull up James chapter 4, verse 3. I'm only going to say this first. I'm not going to really comment on it, but I want you to reflect on what it means. James chapter 4, verse 3. He says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. You know what that means? Sometimes we ask with the wrong heart, don't we? You think God's going to give you something if you're asking with the wrong heart? Oh Lord, I pray that you pay back my enemies and kill them with the sword. Well, that worked in David's day, but not so much ours. Why would God do that to people that he loves? Oh God, destroy them. God's not going to do that. As a matter of fact, that goes against Scripture. God says, forgive them. we got people walking around quoting Scripture. They have no idea what they're talking about. God doesn't want you to destroy other people. God doesn't, God doesn't want you to call blessing. I said I wasn't going to talk, and here I go. God doesn't want you to call down prosperity on you when you don't even give. That was a little rough, wasn't it? Oh, God, bless me, and then I'll give. That's not scriptural at all. Oh, God, bless me. Bless me. Well, what have you done for him? He's already given you his son. He's already given you his life. What are you doing for him? Amen? Oh, God, make things right, and then I'll come to church. Again, no. That's not how it works. We have to believe that God is going to fulfill his promise because he is God. And then, and then, when we realize what that promise is, you know what we say? We say amen. You know why we say amen? Sometimes we say amen, we don't know what it means. You know what it means? Anybody know what it means? Let it be. That's not the Beatles song. Some of the younger people have no idea what I'm talking about. Remember that song by the Beatles, Let It Be? That's not what that means. Don't start singing amen to the Beatles song. Okay? In other words, we hear what God says, and then we respond, let it be. Let it happen. Don't let it be hindered by anything that I do. Don't let me get in the way. And see, that's where a lot of pastors mess up because we think we're the end-all, be-all and that nothing can happen without me. i got to tell you right now, God has me here, and amen, I praise God for that, but the, the moment that God doesn't want me, He'll remove me and someone else will be here, and it'll be as if I wasn't ever here. You guys understand what I mean? Because it's not about me, it's about the Word of God. Amen. It's about the Word of God. It's a, now, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, so don't stress about that or don't be happy about that. I'm not sure which one it is. But we say, let it be. Let it be. God's going to bless you financially. Thank you, Mason. You're on there. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. God's going to bless you financially. No, I don't want to hear amen. Let it be. God's going to give you the promises of your heart. 
Okay. <sighs> Sorry, I got. I went to sleep there. Let it be. No, man. You ever seen? You know, I've seen people on television that those get. You ever seen Prices Right? You ever seen Prices Right? Man, I, Price is Right is the show, right? I don't get to watch it because, you know, I, I'm not at home. But, man, I see people, they bid, and they bid $500, and then some jerk bids $501. And they're the one who's called. And you know what they do? They do this. It's really funny. They go, I'm going to imitate them. Are you ready? Wow. That is. Okay. Sounds good. I'm just going to go up on stage now and receive my gift. Is that what they do? Is that, you'd think they was Pentecostal, wouldn't you? They're like, ah! And like, their clothes are falling off, right? Like David, they're like running up, and they have to calm them down. And then, and then some of, one of them went, it's really funny, because you can tell you're older when they get excited about this. They want a washer and dryer, right? You know you're at a certain age when you get excited about a washer and dryer, right? And so they went, they went the washer and dryer, and the woman's like, I've wanted one of those all my life. She's just all happy. I'm getting blessed. I'm getting blessed. And then they get the tax bill and they don't feel blessed anymore. Can I tell you, God's going to never send you a tax bill when he blesses you? Okay? So anyway, what's happened is, on the price is right, they win something and they spin that big wheel and they win something and they're like, ah, I can't really imitate it because that'll be weird. And you, you get excited too. And if, I, if, we, if you were in that position, you'd be yelling and screaming too. Or you ever watch, uh, uh, what is it, Family Feud? Like, good answer, good answer. They're all excited about this. But we get in church, we're like, let it be. Let it be. No! I'm going to call you out a little bit. I'm gonna, God's going to bless you financially. <laughs> we're getting there. I was waiting for somebody to go, ah. Thank you, son. I heard the baby do that. I don't know which baby it was, but they got the Holy Ghost. I'm sure of it. Is that champ? Listen, I'm telling you, God's about ready to bless you. We need to understand that God is about to move in your life, but you've got to open up and believe. Amen. You've got to open up and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, oh, here we go. We're going to go sing it again. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, amen. Where's my bass line? Amen. You guys understand what I'm saying? God wants to move in your life. And we need to sit there and quit listening to the devil. Oh, he ain't going to do it. Yes, he is. God is not a liar. When God says he's going to move in your life, when God says he's going to do something, nothing can stop the move of God. Amen you got to stand up and say, you got to stand up and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, amen, amen, all right? we got to believe, I'm getting a workout up here. Good gracious, I need some water or something. Praise, I don't I, I have some water. Everybody's pointing like, you dummy, you got water up there. What's wrong with you? <laughs> amen. But I want us to see, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull this out of you. And some of you are pulling back. <laughs> Pastor, I'm not comfortable with this. Yes, I know. Because you're stuck in a cycle. And yet you're talking about the generational cycle in your family, but you're not willing to be the one to break it. Come on now. 
Do you not think that God wants to not, God wants to break that in your family? Come on. Do you think that God wants to be the one to break it and maybe he chose you? Maybe he chose you? Quit looking back. That's what we do. We look back, right? You know what happened to Lot's wife when she looked back? She became seasoning. Right? She became a pillar of salt. Amen? When we look back, we're not fit for anything. But when we look forward and we see what God is about, i got to get through this sermon. We see what God is about to do, then God is going to move in our lives. Amen? He says, verse 25, Now, O Lord God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant, concerning his house, establish it forever and do as you have said. It's okay to tell God to do it. So let your name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel. And let the house of your servant David be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found it in his heart to pray this prayer to you. Skipping a verse, verse 29. Now, therefore, let it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever. For you, O Lord, have spoken it. And with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. I can speak all the prophecy over you that I can. But until you're willing to accept it and believe it, it means nothing. I can speak words of affirmation to you all the time, but unless it means something to you, it's not going to mean anything. Now I've got to tell you, as they start to play some music softly, the Lord's telling me, some, some of you here are struggling to believe that God has promised you. You're, you're struggling to believe that very thing that He said that He would give you. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to go down for a potluck in just a moment. Man, I love this church. I love this church. Everyone in here, I love you. I know we joke around sometimes, but that's okay. We can joke. Amen. We're not dishonoring God when we do that. But I, I, I love from, from the small little kids to the elders. I love you. And what I want, what God wants, is for God to fulfill His promise in you. To see that He's called you to be more. You don't have to be stuck in that cycle anymore. And we can argue over the method to get there, and that's fine. Listen, God's not going to take you the same path He's taken me. You guys know that, right? That's why I don't tell you what way to go. I just tell you to look to God and He'll figure it out with you. Because my path is not your path. Did you know that? Some of you have different backgrounds than me and God's going to use that background to bring healing to your people. Can I say that again? Well, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm telling you, God's going to bring healing 
to the people. God's going to bring healing to the people. It may not be the way that you think or the way that you want. And guess what? doesn't matter. God is going to bring healing to the people. God is going to bring healing to your family, and maybe He wants to use you to do it. Amen? God is going to do these amazing things. The path that I'm on is not your path, and I'm not on your path, and you're not on my path, but the path belongs to God. Amen? I'm not going to tell you how to worship. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you right now, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Look to Jesus. A long time ago, people came and they tried to tell you who Jesus was. I'm not going to do that. Because I believe that with fear and trembling, we can find our own way. Fear and trembling. That means respect with God. We'll find our way with Him. Amen? I want to tell you how much God loves you. I want everybody to just close their eyes for me. God's about ready to speak to you right now. There's somebody struggling right now with their faith in God because they've prayed so long for something and they haven't seen it. God says, hold on, it's coming. There's somebody struggling financially right now. I know it sounds like I'm being generic, but I'm not because the people that I'm talking to know that I'm talking to them. You're struggling financially and you've, you've struggled with giving. You've given a little bit, but like Randy said, you're not all in. Trust God, it's coming. Some of you are here who are struggling with your health. And again, I know it sounds like I'm being generic, but listen to me. God's speaking to someone. It's multiple people, actually. You're struggling with your health, and you don't know what you're going to do because you don't know where your family's going to be. If something happens to you, you're worried about those things. God says, hold on, it's coming. I want to tell you this morning that whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with, God says, hold on, my answer's coming. Hold on, my answer's coming. Amen? Hold on. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you, if you're struggling this morning, I want you to raise your hand across this place. Only I and God see it. I see one. I, man, I see people across this place raising their hand. Anybody else? Raise your hand. All right, I see you. You can put them down. Anybody else? You're struggling. You want God. You, you want to put your trust in God. Amen. You ready to pray? I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to make you come up front. I just want to pray for you. Then Randy's going to come pray for the food. I believe you're the one close in the service today, Randy, right? Is that correct? Okay. Father, God, your people are hurting. I feel it, God. They're stuck in this cycle, God, because it's all they've ever known. And Lord, sometimes the things that you do don't line up with what they think they believe, oh God. And God, I'm not going to impose anything upon anybody. I'm just preaching Jesus. Father, Please do what you said you're going to do. Father, break the dam, God. Break the dam that is hindering 
your work in their life. I come against it right now in your name. I come against it. And I say it has to leave. It has to be. And God, even if they themselves built that down, which I'm sure that they did, God, tear it down, Lord. Lord, let them be pliable in your hands and restore to them the joy of their salvation. Father, I pray the moment that they go downstairs, that with such great and sweet fellowship because of what you are doing, Lord. I thank you, God. I believe, God, that as we approach this holiday with thankfulness, thanking you, Lord, for what you're about to do, that you're going to blow it up, God. That we're going to go into a next year a powerful force for you. Lord, I believe you've given me a message for the church of Juno. It's going to be a difficult message, God, one that I don't know if they're ready to receive or not, God. So, God, I'm asking for your anointing on Wednesday night, God, as I give this message. I thank you, God, for everything that you're doing. You're so great and awesome, Lord. I love you, God. In your name. Randy, go ahead and come on up here. Brothers and sisters, we're going to go downstairs. We're going to have some great food. I'm going to ask that you let our servers serve you so we can make sure that everybody gets a chance to eat. Can you do that for me? We want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to partake. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.